It's simple. Like um, if you need to understand how platforms work, it's extremely simple. LinkedIn, one of their key metrics is to look at how many time per day people are spending on their platform. Why? Because whenever they're selling media, they show that metric. If they can increase this number, it means that, you know, they can sell more media, more advertising. What would make people stay? Interactions, interactions, interactions. 90% conversational marketing. Welcome to the show. As always, I'm your host, Alex Glenn, and today I'm joined by the CEO of Lemlist and Lempod to discuss the taboo subject of engagement pods. Guillaume and I break down what they are, how they work, the rules, the various types of pods and communication channels the pros and cons of each channel, our strategy and recommendations, and of course, predictions. It's a valuable episode for anyone interested in boosting social engagement and digital networking, especially for you B2B listeners. So let's dig in. Why don't you start by introducing yourself, where you're from, and your background? Yeah, first of all, uh, thanks a lot, Alex, for having me on your podcast. So I'm Guillaume, based in Paris. Uh, I'm the CEO and co-founder of uh, two SaaS companies. One is called Lemless, which is an email automation platform. The other one is called Talkus, which is a chat directly integrated into Slack. Um, I'm also like uh, in love with growth hacking, growth uh, and marketing. Before starting like SaaS companies, I had like an agency helping other businesses in doing growth. And initially, I'm an engineer, and I also got a, a master in marketing. Everyone appreciates what you do, and it's it's been really great. And as of late, you have been dabbling in the engagement pod verticals, the sectors of engagement pod. And we're going to talk about engagement pods. We're going to talk about what they are. We're going to talk about the main use cases. We're going to talk about the pros and the cons of each channel. We're going to get into the weeds a little bit, and we're going to hopefully provide everyone listening with some good direction if they are interested in getting into an engagement pod or if they are in one and they're fearful of some of the backlashes of the networks. And we're going to, we're going to, yeah, flush it all out. So Guillaume is, is the perfect person for this uh, because of his experience and because of his knowledge of the algorithms. Uh, we're going to focus a little bit more on B2B. So if you are in B2C, you'll, you'll still get some value out of this. But those who are active on LinkedIn, who are active on Quora, who are active on Indie Hackers or Growth Hackers or Medium and interested in getting a little bit more research to their content by participating. This is the perfect podcast for you. I like to start with some of the trends in search that are going on, some of the keywords that people are most interested in. And uh, the topic is engagement pod. And if you go to Google and you search engagement pods, you get a list of related search. These are the top three. It's Telegram engagement pod list, list of Instagram pods, and engagement pods LinkedIn. And then it goes on to Instagram pods band, Instagram pods Reddit, a lot of Instagram stuff. So that is obviously the most popular. And that's been in the news recently, which causes a lot of those trends. Instagram did ban a couple of pods and we'll get into what happened there and what it means for some of the other networks. But first, let me just describe what an engagement pod is for those listening that have never participated and do not know what they are. And my definition is a formal group purposed for prescribed engagement in each other's social media content and published content in an effort to extend the reach of each other's posts. They range in size, 
They range in platform, they range in focus and channel of communication, as well as the rules. And Guillaume, anything I left out or do you have your own definition of an engagement pod? No, I think it's uh, it's pretty precise. Like uh, for me to put it maybe in more simple words, it's just like a, a group of people sharing like contents and engaging with each other contents. So it's, it's nothing that we all don't do anyways. I mean, we all being the people that are interested in um, receiving some business benefit from the post that we post on social media, not just personal benefit or a little bit of uh, ego boost. But if we have a business that we are trying to promote, we obviously want everybody to engage with that. So we share that with our networks. And that could just be a text to a friend. It could be tagging somebody you know in the post. So it's not not happening. Engagement pods are just a more organized and formal version of what we all do. Yeah, exactly. I think it's been there for a long time also, you know, in uh, in companies where uh, you would have people posting and asking for engagement, as you mentioned, saying like, hey, guys, like uh, this is a post from HR. Could you all engage or this type of things? Yeah, exactly. I like to think of it as, you know, a cultural thing too. I mean, it's something that will help you personally because it's not just benefiting the reach of your content, the reach of your brand, but you you are forced to network with people that are in the same vertical in the same industry and have a need to kind of extend the reach of their personal brand. So you, it forces the network effect. And I think it's it's all positive. Now, what is going on inside of these pods? Um, you know, why don't you talk about the rules? how they typically operate yeah so usually like uh, i'm gonna take linkedin because like i think it's a, a platform of interest if you're in the in b2b uh, what you would see actually is groups of people sharing links ideally the rule would be to engage with everyone else posts uh, in some pods it's pretty straightforward there is no need to say how many posts you've engaged with before but in some, pods, in some pods that are a bit more advanced, uh, the owner of the pod would actually ask for everyone who has posted uh, to say how many posts he's been engaging with before, just so there is no one cheating, kind of. Uh, because what you could see in, uh, in pods are people just joining, uh, waiting for when they have a post and just post it and never engage with anyone. Um, so to avoid that, some people have found like type of rules where they would say like, okay, you need to have engaged with at least five or 10 posts before you can actually post something. Um, and otherwise, you know, it's pretty straightforward. I think the, the rules are, uh, basically don't post every day, uh, try to post like one time every two or three days. Uh, and then like everyone should engage. I know you were mentioning something also early on about like rotating and so on. Maybe that could be interesting. So we have some best practices that we'll dig into in a little bit. So just to recap how they typically operate, the rules, like you mentioned, that's what's most important and really what separates these pods from just a group of your friends. The better pods have strict rules. I've experienced some along the lines of you have to engage with everybody that posted that day before you post your link. You cannot throw links in there without engaging with everybody from that day. You don't have to go back two weeks, but you do have to go back that day. And also there are rules around what types of posts that you can post into the engagement pod. Does not work when you have a localized business unless everybody in the pod is in that one city or that geographic region. You can't have a bunch of virtual businesses and then have one person in the pod that runs a brick and mortar business in that city. 
that in my experience does not work. So you want strict rules, but you also want to have a good group of people. And we'll talk about best practices and how to set those up coming up. But first, let's talk about the different channels and the pros and cons in those channels. So I'll quickly review the channels that I've experimented with, and then Guillaume can talk about the pros and cons from within those channels. So the first and foremost is uh, the network provided channels. And when I say channels, I'll back up a second. I mean how you organize the discussions around the engagement pod. So where you group everybody together. So the first one is inside the platform itself. So using Facebook Messenger for a Facebook or Instagram pod. And we'll talk about why that's a bad idea in a minute. LinkedIn group chat for LinkedIn pods. Telegram is a relatively new platform, but getting a lot of attention, especially for these private types of groups like engagement pods. Slack is a great option to host those pods. WhatsApp is another one that I've gotten a lot of invites for, and that's great for international, especially in Asia. WhatsApp is widely used. Guillaume, why don't you talk about the pros and cons from within each one of these channels? Yeah, so let's start with uh, network provided chats. Uh, basically, like the, the pros are pretty simple and straightforward. It's you're already on the platform. So once you're on the platform, with one click, you don't really change and you're here, you're ready to comment, engage, and you don't have to leave actually any website or existing thing where you're at. And obviously the cons are, uh, if for example, like uh, uh, someone from the company decide to dig a bit in the messaging and so on, or like the pods, it would be easily fundable and then it can be banned pretty quickly. So that would be like uh, the biggest con. Uh, regarding like Telegram, uh, obviously, like I think everyone knows Telegram because the data is secure. There is like a high like uh, secure and everything, even though like, you know, like it's secure until it's not secure anymore. But let's see how it goes so far. It's been pretty well uh, secured. So it's, it's a pretty good channel. The other drawback is it's not such as widely used. I mean, even though it's widely used for crypto and everything linked to darknet, I think there are a lot of people who are actually not using it. So it means that people would have to download it. And uh, maybe, you know, some people who download it once and then like forget it, forget about it. And and never receive notifications. For Slack, what is very nice is you can actually organize by channel uh, and also have specific discussions. So you can have channels for engagement, uh, have actually multi different type of codes, but the cons is again, it's an app, so people need to download it. And for it to work really well, they really need to have it as a desktop app that is mainly open all the time, because otherwise, if it's on the browser, they would receive a notification when they open their brother, but if not, they wouldn't receive any notification or just receive an email, which is like getting even more email and can bother some people. Uh, for WhatsApp, I think like uh, it's great, as you mentioned, like uh, globally used. So that's nice because a lot of people already have it. The only things, again, as a con, uh, same like WhatsApp has been bought by Facebook recently. So obviously it can be also monitored. That was wonderful. Yeah. I mean, I've done my research, so to speak, for personal reasons, obviously not just for this podcast, but over the past year, I've been involved in Telegram groups, WhatsApp groups. I have a Slack group that's not specifically for engagement. And we do a lot of stuff. That's one of the biggest pros I find with Slack, especially if you are in the technology space. Just having it hosted in Slack not only allows you to break off 
into those channels and allows you to really organize your pod, but it also allows you to stay specific to technology. And a lot of the listeners are technology companies or within technology companies. So that's a good way to go. Telegram was great. Nothing really wrong with Telegram. It also has a desktop app, which was good. But again, you don't get the organization benefits that you do with Slack and you cannot transfer ownership. So if you want to break away from the pod and hand it off to someone else, they have to literally start a whole new group and you can't just transfer that. I would say WhatsApp is a great option if you have a lot of international, especially Asia. And um, again, just to reiterate, I strongly suggest not using LinkedIn group chat, not using Facebook Messenger to host any engagement pod stuff. Uh, and that's for pretty obvious reasons. The caveat there is if it's a very small group, like 10 or so people, you're going to fly under the radar anyway. So it doesn't really matter. They're not going to care. And that's, that's all I would say about the channels. So let's do this. Let's get into how to set one up. And then there was one more channel, which we'll discuss. And I'll let Guillaume take care of that one in a second. But that also applies to how to set one up and one really unique use case that Guillaume will share. But let's talk about uh, how to set one up. I found a really great article from someone I do respect, especially in the LinkedIn space, Josh Dimel. He's been an influencer on LinkedIn. He's got his own agency. Definitely has some great content. He has some really good words of wisdom around setup of the pod. So I'll link to that article and shout out to Josh. Uh, for all the great stuff that he's done for LinkedIn marketing. But um, Guillaume, what would you say the first couple steps are to setting up a pod, mainly recruiting an organization and getting the rules across? Yeah, so first of all, I I really recommend as well the article. Like uh, you've shared it with me and I, I really enjoyed reading it. I think it's um, the first step is basically like start with your network. Uh, we really like um, underestimate the power of our network in general. But what you could see is uh, if you find people in the same industry or with the same target as yourself, uh, let's take a, a very simple example. Um, with Lemlist, for example, or Talkus, we're targeting entrepreneurs, uh, SMEs, um, and we're like looking for SaaS. So, if, you find, if I find in my network people targeting the same person, I know that they've created a network with people who are interested in SaaS business and so on and who are kind of tech savvy. So I would reach out to those person, asking them if they're posting on LinkedIn and if yes, uh, check the quality of what they're posting. I think it's really, really important to be with people who are posting quality content because if they're only posting like a self-promotional post and so on, it will not work. Um, it will not work for the, the, the simple reason is that first of all, you'll get bored engaging with their posts. And actually the reach they will get would be shitty because you have to see engagement pods as a real, like as a boost. And then you reach more people, but your post needs to be of good quality. Otherwise, you know, like the algorithm is not stupid and is not going to keep showing it to everyone. You know what I mean? So it's like walking on a step so you can see more people, but more people can see you actually. But if you're saying like nonsense, then those people are going to leave. 
and your reach going to decrease. So with, with the setup, uh, you mentioned some really important points. It, it's not a numbers game. You're not going after just as many people as you can possibly get into a pod. What you're going after is quality. You're going after people that already have good influence, good reach, people that you typically already engage with is ideal. You don't want to find people that just need more engagement with their posts. You want to find people that have great content and you already engage with their posts and you don't mind continuing to engage with their future posts. You just kind of have that trust factor and that respect factor in the members of your pod. That's ideal. It's not always attainable with everybody. You're going to have some people in there that are going to get more benefit than they give. That's just what happens with pods. You want to have activity in the pod. You want everybody to be inclusive and to be rallied around the, the purpose of the pod. So definitely make sure the rules are apparent early on. Make sure everybody is behind it. Don't be lackadaisical about it or people will just come and go and get benefit when they need and it won't be a successful pod. And uh, and, and again, less is more, You know, focus on quality over quantity. But yes, let's go ahead and talk about Guillaume, the last channel that we didn't mention above. That's a new channel that honestly I didn't even consider before you set out the invites but talk about chrome extensions and talk about yours in particular yeah so in essence like the i i definitely agree with what you're saying you know it's like you've because like one of the main problem with pods and i think we've all been there if you've been in a pod you've probably experienced it is people are really happy when it's their contents uh because you know like obviously they want people to engage so they're gonna need it but when it's other contents, uh, usually you, you like of consistency. You know, over time, people get bored and they stop engaging. And now they're going to want to post something. So they're, they're going to keep engaging again. So uh, internally, what we were doing at Lemlist is every time I was posting on LinkedIn, I had a, a Slack with my two co-founders. I was putting the link. They were clicking on it, liking, and putting a comment. Uh, but my two developers... They're saying it's like if you're doing three times the same thing, then you can automate it, you know. So what we decided, it's actually to build a Chrome extension allowing to automate likes and comments of your pods. It's pretty simple. You create a pod and then everyone, everyone in that pod can decide whether he wants to like or comment. And the comments can, comments, the first comments are automatically generated. But we have an advanced feature that allows people to write their own comments. So when you post, you just have to write the comments you want people to write. That way you can create like real comments that are really relevant to your post and that would start this first boost and this first conversation. So that's like a huge time saving and also it's super consistent because you have people liking. Obviously, we also have like an algorithm to make it look more human. So the likes are all sent out and comments are all sent out randomly based between uh, a certain amount of time, let's say zero and X minutes. Um, and um, yeah, so the nice part about it really, you know, it's, uh, it's the fact that you automate it. You just have to download the Chrome extension, join a pod or create your own pod. And then from there, it's, uh, it's just automated and, and you don't really, you, you actually like focus on your content and then you'll get the notification from LinkedIn showing what other people as put on the post and that way you can interact from there if you want to jump in in the conversation. But I think it solves the main pain, which is 
having to do it uh, every day, having to be consistent because in the end, and we can see it, I think most people aren't consistent. That is one of the biggest issues with pods and I'll link to lempod, L-E-M-P-O-D.com. If you want to check that out, there's a video on that page that explains what it is. So thank you for putting that together. Yeah, actually we might start, <laughs> we might start trying <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not gonna be. It's it's not gonna be expensive, but um, it's just the idea because again, you know, the thing is like when you ask people when something is free, people don't really see the value or they don't really like uh, see the put the effort in creating something good. Whereas I believe that if people start spending money on it, they would uh, really like focus on creating more valuable content. So it has a better impact. 100%. So head to lempod.com, test that out. You do have to create your own pod, right? Yeah, exactly. So the goal, the goal actually, you know, like, uh, which is also like uh, another, another part. It's basically, you know, like when people reach out to you, uh, you can only trust them, you know? So for example, you're going to ask your friends to join your pod because you believe that they are super successful, uh, but you actually don't know their SSI, which is social selling index, uh, which means basically how powerful are they in their network and how influential they are. And something you don't know, actually, you can only see their um, number of likes and number of comments. And unless they're posting videos, you can't see the number of views. However, the number of views will also get you info on how successful a post is and how well the, um, the second and third connection are seeing the post. So with that, it's actually like one of the goal of Lemlist is to actually be able to spot the quality of the post of people. So basically inside a pod, you'll be able as the admin to see if someone is putting like spammy content or if it's putting or if he or she is putting, you know, like really good and quality content. So that's also like part of the next steps. And again, after that, you know, we can create many things like uh, private or public pods. So if you don't have a pod, you could be actually like checking for, uh, let's say, SaaS marketing in the US, and then you'll find a pod with that. You know, you have like uh, keywords that are uh, or create your pod with a few labels and wait for people to come. Yeah, and you can check your own SSI. You did mention something there, uh, social selling index that we should mention. If you want to check your own SSI, you can check it. I'll put a link, LinkedIn that dash SSI, but you cannot check anyone else's. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I was trying to find while you were talking there, uh, another option to find other people's social selling index. And this reminds me of an old platform called Clout. So you used to be able to. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember cloud? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think they they went bust a while ago, but uh, used to be able to check other people's uh, social cloud. So it had an algorithm and it combined all sorts of factors, and you could check other people's cloud, and you had your own score. I think out of a hundred, uh, but now LinkedIn's got their own social selling index, uh, which they use to probably uh, decide on the initial reach of all of your posts before engagement, et cetera. So the higher your social selling clout, the more initial reach you'll have, which means you have a lot of high uh, SSI individuals in your pod, the better for the pod. And it also means that they post more. When they like your content, you get the benefit of reaching all of their networks. So that's what you want. To review, setup of the pod, 
decide who is best for this type of pod. So pick a theme for the pod. I don't suggest making it too general. So if your theme is around marketing and around um, sharing marketing related content, grab a bunch of marketers and create the pod out of that. If it's around email marketing, grab a bunch of people that know a lot about email marketing. Create a really good pod and make sure those rules are apparent to all of the new members and make sure that they understand that being a part of the pod means staying active. And if you do not want to be active, then do not accept the invitation to the pod. And then once you create the pod, you have your list of people that you know want to be in the pod. You're going to want to pick a channel, an organizational tool. Definitely check out the Chrome extension for LemPod. That's a great resource and a great organizational tool for your new pod. And then once you set up the pod, make sure that the timing and the frequency is not overdone. So do a little bit of policing. And then one suggestion from Josh Dimel is limiting it to 20 to 30 Uh, but you'd have to have really high SSI individuals in order to get a ton out of a 20 to 30 member pod. But I would say under 50 members is a really good number. And then make sure everybody in that pod is ready to engage. And that's plenty or else you could get reported and not slapped by the algorithm so much as somebody in the pod is annoyed for whatever reason and upset, they could report it. So kind of stay under the radar and check out some of the sources that we mentioned. And now let's talk real quickly about the Uh, types of content that you promote in the pod. So everybody knows about Instagram. Everybody knows about what happened with Instagram. We talked about that. We talked about the news, but let's talk about some of the alternative types of content platforms out there that you suggest people focus pods around. Uh, Yeah, basically like the the main platform around, uh, around content. I think we mentioned Instagram. As you said, now Instagram has been a bit like, let's say, watched out and blacklisted. Um, Especially for many reasons, like uh, Instagram is all about content and they really have nailed everything around content because it's user-generated content. They're very, really good. Whereas LinkedIn, for example, they're a bit lacking of content. And that's actually why you can get a huge reach on LinkedIn because they are lacking of content. So LinkedIn, if you don't know yet, it's going to be like a really like the platform for 2019 and 2020 in b2b and even maybe like the year after uh, Quora is also like amazing because a lot of people are searching on Quora, and i think now they're getting such a huge reputation that even google is actually directly on the home page uh, as results number zero or whatever showing some Quora answer which is like pretty pretty neat um and again that's Definitely some platform where if you are with uh, some people you trust, you could create some engagement posts. Uh, as the alternative, uh, you would get also like uh, Medium. So Medium is a blog platform where you can easily like write uh, articles and share it with friends. Same for platforms such as Indie Hackers, uh, where the community is much more oriented towards bootstrap entrepreneurs, people starting side projects and so on. And finally, Gross Hackers, uh, which can be like uh, basically like a platform where you, you would share everything towards growth hacking, obviously, marketing, acquisition, and so on. I've gotten a lot more Growth Hackers shares in our Slack group. It was big in the beginning, and then it sort of died out for a little while, but I feel like people are starting to be more active on Growth Hackers, so that's great. Indie Hackers is probably huge in in your community, and it's starting to become bigger and bigger. In mine, I am becoming more active on Product Hunt. I don't recommend any pod activity around Product Hunt, of course, but that's the same sort of community there. So if you do a lot of content in the tech community around Project 
projects like your Chrome extension. Indie Hackers is a great channel. Medium is awesome. Medium has a lot of other benefits on the SEO side of things. And also it's pretty general. So it can be B2C, it can be B2B, but you can get really good long form content and they can go viral. So check those out and you can have a really good pod that's focused on more alternative sources. And like you mentioned, one of my personal favorites is Quora. For those of you who do not participate in Quora, what it does is it allows you to answer questions. Many people can answer the same question and then people upvote the answers based on the value. And those who stick to the top of those answer threads get a lot of views because those answers are indexed in search and they get really high rankings because it's a long tail keyword. It's phrased as a question and all of the answers underneath that question are indexed. And of course, the ones at the top are the ones that get the most views, the most reads. And you can include multimedia content in those answers. You can include links back to your site. You can do all sorts of cool stuff in Quora. And you can also go back and edit those answers. So I won't harp any more on Quora, but I do love Quora and definitely suggest people participate in Quora if you do have a need for US customers, US users. Uh, that's a great channel for you. And it's great for thought leadership as well. So B2B network pods, we have LinkedIn, we have Quora, we have Indie Hackers, we have Growth Hackers, and um, some media. Medium. That's what we recommend if you are in the B2B space and are interested in checking out some of those pods. So let's talk about backlash. Let's talk about what's going on and some of the misconceptions more than anything around LinkedIn algorithm update, around some of the recent slaps on Instagram and what it all means for those of you participating in pods as we speak. I think like there is a lot of misconception, you know, like uh, as we were talking just before, you know, like... Um, it's it's funny how people believe that they are watched, that they are will listen, that they are like it's it's so much more like we we also have to to remind I think everyone here that those platforms are huge corporate, huge enterprise, and they are not as agile as and as flexible as startups. So when LinkedIn says that they're changing their algorithm, obviously they are not going to change it towards or against pods. You know, like. Uh, for that to happen, pods would need to be like so much bigger than they currently are. Like uh, I think you have like such a huge, let's say I don't know, like a few years before something like it. It would have to be like I don't know, really, really huge, so they can actually notice it. So in the end, like uh, the algorithm change, and obviously you're gonna be. Um, sometimes you'll see your reach changing as well, but it would change whether or not you're in pods. So that's the first thing. The second thing is. It's not because you're in pods that you'll get and you'll become a superstar on any social network. If your content is not good, then your reach would be poor. It's going to be the same for everything. Like the little boost you'll get, it's going to help you like the first time, the second time, the third time, and then your reach will decrease because your content is poor. That's the rule of any social network and that's the truth everywhere, you know. So some people i think are trying to find like sqs just to because they are actually creating poor content and they are mentioning that their reach is decreasing because of pods well actually it's the quality of your content that is decreasing you know in the end so i think that's a really important thing regarding like facebook and instagram it's a bit different because as i mentioned you know like uh, they already have like the a lot of people producing content and for them, content is really important for advertiser and so on. So they really try to focus on that since day one. LinkedIn, they have many different other issues, such as people trying to scrape the data out of LinkedIn. 
and uh, basically Zeus extension are easily recognizable because they change the code of the page. But that's another topic. And that is something we've got a mastermind planned around. So stay tuned for more on LinkedIn's algo updates and Chrome extensions. And we did a post recently about it. So you can check out automated.af and check out the blog and there's a post about it. That's not the topic of this conversation. The main thing that I'll reiterate from what Guillaume just mentioned, there is no proof that the algorithm is detecting pod participants aside from that. And that goes with any social site. I mean, it's a situation where... You can think about it pretty commonsensical where if you are blatantly going against the T's and C's, going against the privacy policy with either technology or some of the practices that you have, you're going to get slapped. If you are in a very large pod, the chat that's going on around that pod is happening on that social platform, that pod will probably get dissolved. Uh, That group will get taken down. Again, I haven't heard that happen on LinkedIn specifically. It happened on Facebook with Instagram pods. Stress the recommendations that we're about to give you now. So I'll dive into that real quick. My quick recommendations, keep them small, keep them focused, keep them filled with really high intent, high engagement type of individuals that are happy to be there and also post great content. I do suggest you rotate your pods and that's not necessarily to try to avoid algorithm or slapping of any kind, but rotate the pods in order to keep your personal brand in positive view amongst your network. So if you're consistently posting to the same pod, what you'll find is your posts will have the same individuals commenting, engaging, And that can just look a little bit petty or a little bit just sort of lazy. So you want to rotate your pods, keep them fresh, keep the comments, keep the engagement fresh, new people. Avoid the obnoxious, unaligned pods. So the pods that may not be in your vertical, they may be a little too general. They may have people in there that just don't fit your brand. Stay out of those, build your own. And again, while we can't say for certain what's happening with the algorithm updates, the best practice is just to fly under the radar, be very, very logical about the whole setup and where you actually organize and where you actually keep those pod chats. So those are my recommendations. Guillaume, you have a couple of your recommendations. Yeah, I think like uh, basically like what you mentioned were like definitely interesting. The rotation, it's important. Uh, you definitely need to focus also like on on the quality again of, uh, of the person in your pod and of what you're posting. Uh, the content and the comments are also highly important. So make sure that your comments are of really a good quality uh, so basically the more you start having a conversation it's simple like um, if you need to understand how platforms work it's extremely simple linkedin one of their key metric is to look at how many time per day people are spending on their platform why because whenever they're selling media they show that metric if they can increase this number it means that you know they can sell more media more advertising what would make people stay interaction so that's why they're starting building the in-app messaging now you know for content because um, the thread is extremely important people are spending more and more time on it they want people to comment they want people to engage so the more they engage the more they stay on the platform the more they stay on the platform the richer they get so once you understand that you know like that you you can play by their rule and use pods to get the most out of it and get rewarded for what you're writing which is you get rewarded in terms of views, in terms of, yeah, thought leadership, 
and so on. And you mentioned playing by their rules, feeding the beast. You know, we have to understand LinkedIn is a business. They slapped a lot of those Chrome extensions because those fly right in the face of their revenue channels on recruiting around data extraction, their sales navigator, their recruitment platform. Obviously, if you're going against those revenue channels blatantly with a tool or or some sort of a, a scraper, you're going to get slapped. With regards to engagement pods, these actually lift the entire community. I've talked to a number of people that have been contacted early on in social networks life cycles when they're launching because they need people to create these sort of engagement pods more or less in order to get the platforms off the ground. They're a necessary part of these platforms life cycles. So while LinkedIn is reaching a more mature phase in its life cycle, they still need engagement. You just kind of have to understand the whole business of it. They do need engagement, but what they don't need is a bunch of inbound of people complaining about you or about your group or about your pod. That's why we say keep them relatively low and keep them in your network. You know, you want to make sure everybody is a known individual. And then also just the idea of jab, jab, right hook, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk saying, I think is relevant here to mention that just a best practice when you're posting in these pods, keep the content quality, uh, not necessarily necessarily about your product. The idea is extending your brand and keeping that SSI index high. So you want to keep it general post, general post, maybe a feature post or a product post, and then two more general posts, and then maybe one post about you. So that's just a content best practice there. We have one last section here on the future of pods and where you think it's going. Yeah, to me, I think it's, um, I think like the, the challenge uh, that we can find here or today it's mainly for people to find pods and for people to keep the quality of the pods. So I think like this, for this, we need more data. And it's actually like something we're maybe like checking to tackle with uh, our product. Uh, we'll see how it goes. But in the long run, the future is definitely creating, as you mentioned already, like uh, very quality pods. Make sure to have people who are not self-promoting all the time, who are trying to to respect like the eight contents, eight times you post content where you provide value and two times out of those eight times trying to basically like promote something, but not in a, in a salesy manner, but more in a smart and valuable manner. Um, LinkedIn is really good, you know, to, to get yourself and position yourself as a thought leader in any field in B2B. So really like leverage this opportunity, um, get yourself with a lot of interesting people and actually pods help you really like meeting interesting and cool people and network at the same time. So it's definitely something that anyone should leverage. Agree with all of the above. They've been a positive for me, not just for the learning aspect of it. It's kept me consistent with content. And I do see the future of pods just becoming less general, more focused, more niche. I do see productized pods like LemPod becoming a thing here in the future. I do not see LinkedIn or any of the B2B platforms, especially going after these types of services because they do so much good for the community. I think LinkedIn will stand behind the idea of organized efforts, right? And focused efforts where quality is the name of the game. So people like Goyam and anyone that is creating a more organized pod, these people are formalizing some of the best practices of LinkedIn and helping LinkedIn create a better experience for all of the users. So I do see this becoming a vertical, you know, a subset industry from within the larger aspect of just unorganized flagrant engagement pods of the past. Thank you for being a part of this. This has been very, very valuable. 
and anything else, mention uh, a URL and a call to action around the actual product that you are the founder and CEO of. Yeah, so Lemlist, in essence, is the first email platform that allow you to get more replies thanks to personalized images and personalized videos. The goal is really to get the attention of the person thanks to really like highly personalized and targeting emails. Um, Lemlist.com, you have like two weeks for a free trial. Uh, it's a 14-day free trial, so feel free to, to hop on. And even though if you don't like it, we also have a community around email outreach, which is called the Email Outreach Family. Uh, 1,500 members on Facebook, so feel free to join and exchange. And if you don't know what's called email and what's email outreach, you're probably missing on something, so feel free to join as well. I love it. Post links to the Facebook community, we'll post links to Lemlist, we'll post links to LemPod, and some of the posts, the related actual articles on Engagement Pod. So this has been a great episode. Thank you so much, Guillaume, for being a part of this. I think we added some tremendous value, and I'm excited to share it. If I don't talk to you, have yourself a great weekend and a great holiday. Yeah, you too, man. Thanks for having me here. It was fun. Take care, buddy. You too. Bye-bye. Marketing automation discussion.